Um, You're recording. Thank you, dear. We are in session two of Who Are You? Um, now, the first part of it was more on Who Are You? The second part of it is more on looking at God's love. Remember your assignment last time was to look over, um, read over and kind of study over God's love and first, in particular, First Corinthians 4 through... Eight. Let's see what the chapter was. Where'd we go? Thirteen. Thir chapter thirteen, and basically it was four through eight. Eight in particular, but four through eight. Um, so, in so doing this, uh, now, and I don't know if this one's going to be as good as the last one. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, it has been crazy, crazy, crazy at work lately between COVID this and COVID that and um, parents this and parents that and <laughs> and just just different things. It's been kind of crazy at work lately. Uh, so, did anybody in their study of God's love and of this particular section, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, did anybody... Uh, notice anything or have anything come to light for them that they would like to bring to the group or would like to comment on. I, I'm not the only one who gets to talk here, guys. <laughs> Remember what I said about what I had been convicted to do in yes. memory work? Well, I didn't do the memory work, but I wrote, I wrote the whole chapter down twice. So you kind of started on it. Yeah. That's a good and, way to memorize. And I'm trying to. I just can't get through the first <clears throat> verse and get to the rest. But one thing I do see, and one thing I've come to realize is, I didn't know how selfish I am. It really, it really puts, and I guess that's one thing that's keeping me from being able to memorize this, is if I bestow all my goods to the poor and I don't, how can I... How can I say that I'm in love with God? Or how can I say that I'm love? I give and I do things, but I just don't feel like it's enough. <coughs> well, and that that's kind of what this set of verses is supposed to um, get in our mind. The difference between our love and God's love. Well, I will say... <coughs> God had me look at other things because I, I've had to study other parts. But I've personally been having to study about prayer. That's what God personally had me study about. But then I've had to study for um, the couple's Bible study that I've been hosting and how we're supposed to communicate with our spouses and how we're supposed to trust with our spouses and how women and men are different and how you work with those differences and everything and we talked about you know how how we're selfish because we're human mm -hmm. yeah and how you have to realize that and become vulnerable to your spouse because yeah, we always think we're not the one that's selfish, that we're, uh, we're not selfish, mm -hmm. and really the only one who's not selfish is God. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I liked um, 
probably going to butcher their last name, but the Bethkeys um, put it, they, they said, not only are you vulnerable for your spouse, but you should be vulnerable to God to bring these things up to God. Yes, God already knows everything because he's omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he knows this all, but you're still supposed to bring it up to him and be vulnerable enough to do it. And bringing it up to him, being vulnerable to God, you will be okay with being vulnerable with your spouse. And, and that is true of any type of love because basically by accepting God's love, we have to be vulnerable to God. And um, we talked last time about the definition of love. Do y'all remember the definition of love? That basically it is a choice. It is a choice. It, it, it's nothing you're deserving of. It's nothing that um, you can earn. It's a choice. And so it's your choice whether you love or not. But it's God's choice. And God has chosen to love us. Regardless of our selfishness. Regardless of the other things about us. And it, it doesn't mean that we're just these horrible... You know, God doesn't make junk. That's what we're saying. We're saying there is a difference in a holy love from God. And human love. Our love is very pale in comparison. It's very pale in comparison to God's. We put a limit on ours. Yeah. Human love's conditional. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be, but yeah, it is. It, I mean, you think about it, it is. Mm -hmm. This is the definition of love, and this is actually more of a... I don't know, where am I reading glasses on? It's actually more of a definition... Can you read that for me? Highlighted <laughs> one? That's not my reading glass. <laughs> <laughs> she has about two or three pairs. <laughs> a quiet, steady decision of will to care for another person, totally apart from any good quality or ability or desire to respond on the part of the object of love, feeling of great affection that causes me to give to and do things for another person. Now, you think about some of the prayer requests that we had today. Think about people that we're discouraged with or aggravated with or living in a way that just gripes us. But you know what? God still loves them in this way, just like he does you. Well, that's... See, and we're the ones over here... And we have no right to judge them for that. Because... Well, if you think about it, even though we may disagree with something, what it amounts to is that we all at one point in our lives have been young and dumb and full of crazy ideas that the world has put in our head and thought our parents or the people that taught it were crazy. Okay, come on. If you haven't been there, I certainly have. You know, and it, it, it's kind of a... We go through, I guess you'd say, a rebellious stage at some point. Some do it as teenagers, some do it as young adults, some do it as young married, some do it in their 30s. You know, I don't, it's, that's almost a personal rebellion kind of thing. Some do it when somebody in their family dies, that they're like, how could God take this person? You know, um, well, if God couldn't heal them here, like my friend Amber, 
you know, I, I really hope and pray that her son doesn't do that as he gets older, that he realizes that God took Mama home and that God do, does have a plan for him. But we've also seen children or people that get angry with, how, how could you do this to me? Well, God didn't do that to him. It was Amber's time to go. So there's also the thing that God can't take us till it's our time to go. Now, we can prolong the agony. We can uh, make it sooner. Because <laughs> sometimes he has to take us home because we won't behave down here. <laughs> you know. So, I mean, there, there are things like that that we can't know. But God will not take you till it's your time. You have to kind of come to terms with that. Um, that's very hurtful when someone dies that young or dies that instantly in a car wreck or something or dies, I don't know, falling off a building in, in the two towers thing. You know, that was a shock to many the people. The two guys got yeah. electrocuted. Yeah. yeah. The lineman that died. Yeah, so see, you know, nobody expects those things. Death comes as a shock to us, but it's not a shock to God. That's what he constantly was telling Israel, and that's what he constantly tries to tell us, to return to him, that life is but a vapor. And, you know, I used to not think as much about that verse, but the older I get, the more I think, just yesterday... My baby was that age mm -hmm. and had hair down to here. Mm -hmm. Just yesterday, I met Steve and was planning on a wedding. Just yesterday, I was so discouraged from the boyfriend I'd had in high school that I wouldn't ever get married. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want a man. Uh, just yesterday, my mama was alive and had a healthy mind. See, to me, it was, I, I have very little sense of time. Uh, I've always been that way, which is weird. And I wonder sometimes if for God, time, because time flows differently for him, I wonder if it's just much more fluid in heaven, much more fluid. Because, you know, was it just yesterday to him I was a baby? Was it just yesterday to him I was up there and he was making me? Was it just yesterday? to him that I turned 50. You know, God has a much longer, much bigger perspective. <coughs> and therefore his love is also much bigger and much more. It's all encompassing. Long suffering. Remember how I got Gigi last time to say omnipotent because mm -hmm. it was so cute. He is omnipotent. He's all knowing. He's omnipotent, he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, all-powerful, <clears throat> omnipresent. He's present everywhere, at all times. You know, it's been theorized and wondered if he can talk to the heart of the 16-year-old you while he's talking to the heart of the 20-year-old you. It, it, mm -hmm. It's been wondered. I don't know. Ask God. I'm not God. And it doesn't quite explain that part in the Bible, but I know time runs differently for him just from some of the things that it does say in the Bible. So I got to studying about love, and I got to studying about not only who we are, because last week seemed to be a lot on who we are, and who are you? You are God's beloved daughter. 
You are God's beloved children. And we all know somebody who right now, if you'll think about it, don't open your mouth who it is, I don't want to know, who is totally out of the will of God, and you know it. Hopefully it's not you, but, but, and it gripes you. But because you actually care about that person. Maybe they're family, maybe they're just a friend, maybe there's somebody you work with, maybe there's somebody on the news that you just want to strangle. But but they're totally <laughs> they're totally out of the will of God and you feel it, you know it. But God still loves them with this all encompassing love. They're still a beloved child of his. They're just in rebellion. Now, does that mean you're not in rebellion? No, maybe they're just a little further along with it. <laughs> a little more obvious. Because it's hard for us to see our own rebellion. Okay? Now, um, since love is a choice, we can choose to love them and pray for them. And sometimes that involves gritting your teeth and praying for that person that's getting on your nerves. Remember, we've talked about that before. If you're too proud to pray for that person that's getting on your nerves, then guess what? Yeah, like Linda said, you're being selfish. Where's your will at with God? See, love is a choice. And then he'll put them in your face more and more. Yep. Yes. You'll think done, about them more. Yeah. Oh, he has yeah. done that before, and I've been like, oh, God, please. I used to do that at work with a certain guy. Oh, he'd get on my nerves. Had, did you ever think maybe you were the only one praying for him? Well, God's had me yeah. learn to go back to prayer. And I got a, a Bible study that's a prayer journal. And it it has you list different things you need to pray for in different ways. And every time I go to, I don't want to list this person because this person causes so much hurt. Thank you. You had dessert. <laughs> um, causes so much hurt to people that I love. But I have to pray for them too. It's hard. And it's hard. And I, I'm just like, no. God, can't you just do something? <laughs> He's like, that's not what you're supposed to pray for. <laughs> and I'm supposed to pray for God's love and blessings on this person. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Okay. Now, it doesn't mean, okay, by loving them and praying for them, <coughs> doesn't mean if it's not good for you to be around them all the time if it's not good for you to go out with it you know if it's not that's not what we're talking about no i'm praying. not around this person yeah. pray, i just have to pray, pray for would, this but praying for somebody is loving them praying for somebody um it's really hard to pray for somebody who's hurting somebody else whether it's physically or emotionally or mentally or psychologically you know which I said okay so it is it, hard to price for someone like that <clears throat> but just because we know that they're doing something wrong doesn't mean we don't pray for them that's like the people in jail you know 
when we know someone's in jail, we, we still should be praying for them. They still have a soul. Human beings, all human beings, regardless of what color, what shape, what sex, what height, whatever, <laughs> they have a soul. Now, see, this is where God's love comes in. It's all-encompassing. Now, I don't agree with someone being homosexual. I believe that is a selfishness within itself and beyond itself because they don't want to be by themselves and they won't give that up for God. I don't believe living with people is right. They won't give that up for God. Okay? That's what it amounts to is choosing to be by yourself nowadays is very hard. And it's never been easy, but it's really hard now. Adding less to it is uh, separation, too. Mm -hmm. It's a deeper separation from that. Lust is not love. Mm -hmm. And this generation has lust and love mixed up. Mm, very much so. You know, um, they don't think they can do without sex of some kind. Well, That's big right. deal, you know. I'm sorry. Oh, it, it, it's not as big a need as breathing. You know, I mean, it, it's, I, I like it, yay, but it's not as big a need as breathing. Okay? Well, it's, it's a gift from God for married people. And right. we have turned it into other things. And lust has become to this, this whole generation to mean love. And notice what love is. Love's a choice. It's not what these kids or the, even, I've known adults to do this. Just old adults <laughs> ma that make it out to be. Okay? Yes, all of that can be forgiven. Can't they, sexual sin be forgiven? Yes. Yeah. But you've got to want God. You've got to want to change. And you've got to want to listen to it. That's where our selfishness comes in. Now let's go a little further. Um, now, like I said, Beth, when, when she wrote this study, she was still in her prime as being the Baptist darling. So... Right here, let's talk about some unmet needs. Now, unmet needs, a lot of times, it can lead us astray. And now, I relate better with the Baptist equivalent of a bucket with a hole in it, you know, because we usually relate the Holy Spirit and all the Baptist. We keep having to get filled back up. Well, unmet needs are things that, that you need virtually every day. And it's like you're carrying around a cup like a beggar. And you're carrying around the cup all day long, the little empty cup. You're saying, somebody please fill my cup. Somebody please put something in my cup, you know. And in one way or another, you're holding out that empty cup to other people. Even a tablespoon would help, you know. <laughs> a teaspoon. But um, think about this, this illustration that she used, the cup. Now, I think of it more as a bucket, but whatever you're thinking of it is, think of it and see how you feel about it. I mean, can you relate to it? She says, but ouch, can I ever relate? This is, this is how you feel a lot. Or, not me, I don't have a cup and I don't beg. Now, that's pride. <laughs> have you been reading my mail? Okay, so <laughs> might have hit somebody on the head. Uh, I, I related more like it to this. Um... And you may or may not, but we want to get there. I am growing less dependent on people to meet my needs. See, it goes back to that hole that's in the shape of God and that we try to fill with everything. 
Well, that cup's like that hole, and you're trying to fill that cup up with things that you shouldn't. You know what your cup really needs filling up with? God. God. And this world wants to fill it up with everything but God. It's not wrong to be a techie. It's not wrong to be a nerd. It's not wrong to like to write stories. It's not wrong to like to read books. It's not what What is wrong is putting everything ahead of your relationship with God. It's not wrong to want to watch this TV show and, and stream it to the end. What What is wrong is to become so obsessive over everything else that you just cut God out. If you love somebody, you spend time with them, don't you? If you really love somebody, now you think about it. it your best friend, if God is your best friend, would you not call, at least call your best friend? Calling is praying. <laughs> would you not think about them and pray for it? Would you not, would you just cut them out of your life completely if they're your best friend? I mean, see, that's what our problem becomes, is that we're taking this cup and we're trying to fill it up with all the wrong things. It's kind of... We, we do want acceptance. Now, sometimes we're seeking approval. Sometimes we're seeking affirmation. Sometimes we're wanting control. Some of us are control freaks. Ooh, guilty. Uh, success. Oh, all of us like success. Immediate gratification. Immediate gratification just doesn't have to be about sex. It can be about food. Yeah. <laughs> are you filling your world up with food instead of God? Um, it can be about music i mean i don't, I don't know what your immediate gratification is you know you know um we're miserable until something is in our cup completely miserable that's why we get so desperate to fill it with something um psalms 143 8 and somebody, and I've done told you, I'm having a little trouble here because I forgot my glasses. Can somebody read me Psalms 143.8? Doesn't matter if it's on electronics or if it's on, in, and it doesn't matter what version you got. I just need 143.8. <laughs> Psalms 143.8. Cause me to hear thy loving kindness in the morning, for in the thee do I trust. Cause me to know the way with wherein I should walk, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Okay, this is a prayer to God, this particular psalm. Basically, you're asking God, the, the, the psalmist is asking God in this prayer to fill their cup, their bucket, whatever, up with them. To lead him in the way that what? Who? 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 That he. He, God. Okay? Says that they should go. Not the way your little mind says that you should go. Our little mind says because God loves everybody that, oh, well, does that mean homosexuality is okay? Because we've got some Christians that are saying that now. No, it doesn't mean that. It means we don't go out and kill them. <laughs> We pray for them, but it doesn't mean 
that we accept that as the right way to live. It doesn't mean that we go out and string everybody up that's living together. Boy, that'd be a lot of people. Yeah, you're but, supposed to show them love. But we pray for them and we show them God's love. We're supposed to always point people back to God's love. Now, um, think about it. No one is more pleasurable to be around than someone who has their cup filled with Jesus. They just shine with the Holy Spirit, and they just make you happy to be around them. You don't even know why. <laughs> you just know that you want some of what they got. You know, and we've all, at some point in our lives, known someone like that that just wants, makes us want to just grab hold of God because of the way they are. You know, and they probably don't recognize it, don't feel it, don't even know it, but maybe they make you happy just by breathing. <laughs> you know, and that is because they're full of God's love. What you're seeing in them, what's coming out of them, is the love of God. And that should be what's coming out of you. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. There, have, there are days, especially days with the kids, that that is not what's coming out of me. What's coming out of me is, oh my gosh, I need another cup of coffee. <laughs> These kids are driving me crazy. But I love my kids, and I've had a much better year this year. I don't know who prayed for me or if y'all prayed for me or if God's just decided I needed an easier year. He gave me some kids this year that are actually acting pretty decent. And I feel like I'm getting, they're hearing God's word. <laughs> but I feel like I'm hearing, I feel like, you know, they're listening to God's word. I'm getting a little God in them. And, um... So it's it's a little better. It's a little it's a little better than it has some years. Some years some years they don't wait till after Christmas. So. <laughs> um, we need to draw daily from God's well of unfailing love. None of us can say we have unfailing love except God. God never fails. We do. We do miserably, but that's because we're human. We're made dirt, guys. Give yourselves a break. Well, um, going back to the Bible study that I do for the couple's Bible study, uh, that was something that we learned about last Sunday night. Um, because a lot of people want to put, try and put their spouse on a pedestal and say, they're always going to be there for me. They're all, they'll never fail me. And they do because they're human. You they're have human. to, have you have to wake too. up. Each of you have to wake up and choose love every day. And they're, they're going to fail you. At some point, they're going to fail you. And it could be a little thing. It doesn't have to be a big thing like cheating. It can be a little thing that they fail you at. And you have to realize that. You have to and it's okay. Well, and and that, be able to move past that. Have the open communication. And well, let me say this for all of those that uh, are called to be single or anything. It doesn't matter. It could be your best friend. It can be your family. They they can fail you too. Yeah, it goes for any human. relationship with they, a, yeah. at all. Because we are social animals, and even if we're single, we've got something in our lives. Someone in our lives, whether it's a brother, or a sister, or an aunt, a, a best friend, you know, or parents, whatever. They're human. I think I, as my children have grown older, I noticed it 
more in my son than my daughter, but I'm sure she's experienced it too. As I got older, it bothered them, I noticed a little, that I was getting older. It bothered them when they got grown that they realized Mama actually didn't have all the answers. <gasps> Are y'all shocked? Yeah, really. Are y'all really shocked? And, you know, I can't say that it didn't bother me when I realized my Mama didn't have all the answers. You know, we've all been there. We think Mama, when we're little, we think Mama or Daddy, both of you know, oh, they sat at the moon. They have all, only God has all the answers. Your parents are human. So that's the first shock. A relationship that fails us. No, I think it was bothered me that dad didn't have all the answers. <laughs> that dad didn't have all the answers. Well, you've always been a daddy's girl. So, I mean, but but it it is something that literally shocks us. And some people it shocks more than others. Now, Trent likes to hold things over my head. His big shock that I definitely didn't have all the answers was when I started having a panic attack because he's on the side of the road in my brand new car when I had the PT and I didn't know how to hook up those cables to it. So I was gonna call your dad and get your dad to come from work and do it because I was afraid that I we would tear up the either. PT. <laughs> and because I didn't get there and get him and a stranger got there before his dad and helped him hook it up, I failed. Okay, I get it, I failed. But he still holds that over my head. Well, he has a weird thing about being left places though. Yeah. <laughs> ah, but he and he lived up to how he felt he feels failed by. Yeah. That's yeah. That'll come back on you one way or the other one day. Yeah. It's and sad to say. Well it's and, and I mean we all have that time that we experience it. And to a certain extent I did feel I was having a panic attack. I should have went on up there. I couldn't know how to hook it up. Because I said, do you know how to hook this up? Because it had a different uh, style battery. But at that time, you also cars. didn't know you were having a panic attack. No, at that time, I didn't know I had panic attacks. I just knew that I couldn't make myself get in the car and go up there because he wasn't in dire straits, but I was terrified of tearing up the car. And that goes back to some of my stuff in the past about cars and things. But anyway, um, we all got our things. Stop. We've all got our things. Okay? So I created a trauma in him as a young as a young adult because yeah, but that just reinforced it. As a young adult because I didn't get up there and a stranger stopped on the side of the road and helped him. Which was great. I said, God took care of you. He helped you before dad could even get there. He said, Yeah, but you should have been there. Well, I'm mom, I should have, I'm human. I failed, guys. I failed miserably, okay? I did it. <laughs> and I've told him that, I said, son, you know, I'm human, but God doesn't fail you. Yeah, so I don't know <laughs> where he is with that at present. I don't know, he has trouble letting things go. Yeah, <laughs> and, and my daddy was that way, having trouble letting things go. So some people have more trouble letting things go, but I did, I, I failed. Now, all of us can think about a certain point where we didn't handle something so well, we failed. I did, okay? But if I got up there, I still wouldn't have known how to hook it up. <laughs> you could have been there with him, though. Yes. Yeah, mental yes. Support. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. No, no. That's that what he says, up. too. <laughs> but no. You could have been with him. Yeah. Years later, both, both of you, I will say, years later, getting older, realizing that you have anxiety 
and they have panic attacks. You know what they are now. Trent finally admitted the fact that he has this weird thing that goes back to preschool when there was a mix-up of who was supposed to pick him up. And so this is... And that's my fault, too. Yeah. So, so And I had nothing to do with that, he, but it's my fault. He hates being left place. It also didn't help that he had a, a friend who he thought was a friend leave him and Jared and uh, Tuscaloosa one time. Just left them with no way to get home. So, you know, Trent has this weird anxiety about being left places. Uh, yeah, and, and you can kind of understand. There's been a yeah. couple of things yeah. like that. Oh my goodness. And, um, so, but now what happened with him was there was a mix-up between my parents and there was a mix-up between Steve as to who was to pick him up because I couldn't pick him up that day because I was subbing. But somehow, this has always been my fault. Yeah. It was their misunderstanding, but it's my fault. Hey, welcome to be a mama. <laughs> it, it, yeah, so anytime something like that happens, it always goes back to that yeah. memory. And, and it did. Yeah. It created, you know, it was scary for a little four or five-year-old, and it created a childhood trauma. We all have those. Yeah. Okay, we Parents all Parents aren't have, perfect. No. They'll fail you. God did not create your childhood trauma. Usually, your human parents did, <laughs> or you your human family. Have you about writing a book about that? <sighs> But God did not create your childhood trauma. Other people's bad decisions did. You know, and we're all capable of it. Now, um, okay, let's go to Colossians 2.10 because basically this person who draws from God's well is never going to lack company. They're never going to lack affection as long as they're drawing from God's well of unfailing love. Now, the... Blessed of all believers will know from experience what the Apostle Paul meant by Colossians 2.10. But let's look at Colossians 2.10 and see what it says. Oh, and believe it, we're almost to the end. But I do have a list that we're going to go over real quick. You could be under 50 minutes. <laughs> well, it's our fault. Wow. Fail at that miserably too. <laughs> oh, I told John I'd be home when Mom stops talking. <laughs> Wayne's just got pushed. Did he say when you get he back just home? He grinned from ear to ear. We'll have to bring a sock. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, that's also why we do them on podcasts so people can split them up as they want to. But <laughs> all right. But who's got Colossians? 210. I got it. Anybody else? You want to do it? And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Oh, no. Okay. I didn't even have it. No, I didn't. The principality, I looked up the definition as rule or authority. Okay, so that would be any rule or authority that's over us which for young young people can be their parents, for uh, someone who's married can be their, their husband, you know, because they're supposed to be over the head of the family. Uh, for um, other people, it can be... Uh, bosses. Yeah, their bosses and things like this. Teachers. The government, the teachers, you know, the people that are given rules. people and in charge. There you go, people in charge. Maybe you're the rule and authority at work, you know, I don't know. But 
go total conspiracy nut and say the Illuminati. Ye are completed <laughs> in him, and him is capitalized. So that means we are completed in who? God. Jesus. God. God. Jesus. God. Okay, so we're completed in him, so we're not complete without him. That's why that cup is empty. That goes simply back to that. And that's why the people that um, just shine with God's love shine so. They are completed in him. They're allowing him to complete them. God's not going to force himself on you and say, okay, i got to complete you. You know, you you got to accept his, his love. He's still going to love you. He's still going to reach out to you. But if you keep, it's like a kid, you know, that you're trying to reach out to or a person that you're trying to witness to and they keep turning their back on you, well, you're just stupid. You're just antiquated. You, don't, you have no idea what the world is like now. You have no idea. You've never walked in my shoes. Well, no, we hadn't. But God, God does. God does. Okay, so... Um, well, that's the foundation of salvation. Mm -hmm. Accepting God's love. Accepting what He did for you. Really, it is. Now, um, God's love is not only loving. God's love also, um, you've got to understand, God's love can rebuke us. It says he rebukes and he chastens those he loves. So let's look at, and this is where my study kind of diverged into love a little bit more. And you can make your little list on your little purple paper if you want to. This helps you keep up with it. Um, what are, what or who are we to love? Okay, because the Bible tells us. And what or who does God love? Okay, when you, this sounds really elementary, really simple, right? But there's a lot of verses on this, so it's not quite as simple as it first appears. And it teaches you some things if you start looking up love. Now, my Bible here, which, like I said, I'd like to go back to the King James, which is why I've got this one, but um, it's a very good study Bible, and it has an index in it. And I looked up the word love, and it gave me all these verses. And I got to noticing there was love of God. There was who we were to love. You know, one verse would be about who he loves and how he loves, and one verse would be about us and who we were to love and who we weren't to love. <laughs> and it's like, oh, what's trying to tell me here, God? So I decided I'm going to make this list and see if there's something to this. Why is God showing me this? So I jotted this down last night. It says, um, now, Leviticus 19.8. And I noticed, too, that some of these are in both the Old and the New Testament. So I think that's significant in a way. That verse corresponds to a verse in the New Testament, Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. Now, I didn't realize it at first until I started writing this down in this order. Now, both of those talk about um, loving your neighbor as yourself. So we're supposed to love our neighbor. Neighbor. <laughs> I gave you one just to make it short. Neighbor. 
and you can put both those verses out there. Now, I had it in two different places because I didn't realize I got that these two correspond. I never really thought about it, but it's corresponded in the Old Testament and the New Testament that we're to love our neighbor. Now, isn't that odd in this day and time when we're all scared to death of our neighbor? Mm. Um, <laughs> no. I got a story on that one, too. Uh, we're supposed to love God with all of our heart. I drew a little heart for the word heart. But we're supposed to love God with all our heart. And that's in Deuteronomy 6, 5. And that's also in, and I've got it written out to the side, so it must be in the same one, uh, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven is another one that corresponds. Hmm. You know, we've heard over and over again that Jesus didn't come to do away, but to fulfill. So, look there. It corresponds. Okay. Um, and it says, because he has heard us. Well, he's heard your cry. He's heard your supplication. So you are heard. Um, because he has heard my appeal for mercy. So we're to love him with all our hearts. We're also to love him because he hears our appeal for mercy. Um, now that's mentioned again in Psalms 116.1. So this again tells us another reason, yet another reason to love God. So it literally even gives us reasons to love God. Now, we already know this logically, but here the scripture is telling us again. And yet we have people that say God's not real. So, that makes it even more of a sin, doesn't it? It, it does in my mind that, that we've told all this in the scripture. So, it makes it even more of a sin that they want to say God doesn't love us. Um, we're to love the law or the instruction of God, depending on which version that you've got. Psalms 119.97. Now, why the law or instruction? Because... Remember, I told you this generation wants and has no absolutes. Okay, law and instruction are absolutes. I instruct my children that just because something's hard doesn't mean it's not worth doing. Most things in life that are really worth doing aren't easy. And at their age, it's writing their name. This is what I was talking to a little girl about the other day. I said, just because it's hard doesn't mean that it's not something you need to do. Because she said, it's hard to write my name. Nothing but worth keeping is not worth fighting for. That's right. And it's true. It's absolutely true. So we're to love the law and instruction. Now, God's correction or discipline. Oh, who loves that? But we are supposed to love that. You know why? Because a child that is disciplined, a child that is corrected, is loved. And this generation, I notice more and more, and Linda noticed it too, with the children, there's less and less discipline, there's less and less instruction, there's more just wanting to be their friend. So that's not love. That's not love. 
That might be the world's love, but that's not real love, is it, Linda? Buying them everything they it want, might, giving them everything they want. It makes monsters. That's true. It makes them into little selfish monsters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we don't want that. And their parents are like, what's wrong with my kid? Well, quit buying them stuff and spake their tail. <laughs> Or quit buying them stuff and at least put them in time out. Or put them down and make them walk. Yes, good Lord. Yeah. I just told them on your hip all the time. We, ha I, we had one, and I agree with her, we had one whose little legs were just so weak because all they did was ever carry that young and around. She, she couldn't walk yet, I and mean, she uh -huh. should be. Because uh -huh. all they did was carry her around because she cried. We have one like that now. And the, the doctors literally told them it was because of them. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. Uh, don't even get me started on that. Uh, so God's correction or discipline, that's Proverbs 3.12. Now, another one, we are to love, it says, a friend loveth at all times. Now, this one I've got going both ways, for God and for us. Now, why would a friend loveth at all times go for both? That's Proverbs 17.17. 17. Right? Because... If we are God's friend, remember Moses was God's friend. Mm -hmm. Remember that song, I am a friend of God. Okay, if we are really God's friend, we love him and he loves us. It goes both ways in a real friendship. Now, you do have toxic friendships in this world where That's you care about that person and that person is just all about them. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you're not the one that it's all about you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes we are. You don't want to be the toxic person, and you don't want to be friends with the toxic person. You want a, this is this is a godly friendship, where there's give and take. You're both. See, he gave, even gave us an example of what real friendship should be like. Not only who we love, not only how to parent, true discipline, and that when we're disciplined, it isn't because he doesn't love us. It's because he's going, don't do that. <laughs> I love you. Don't do that. Don't fall off that cliff over there. We're to love good. Amos 5. Looks like 15. Okay, you got to remember I was getting tired and Gigi was jumping around me. Uh, we're to love our enemies. We're to be different from the world. We're to love our... I know that's not fun. Don't look at me that way. But we're to love our enemies. Matthew 5:44. Did you know that Jesus, when he was dying on the cross, did you notice he even loved those people that were torturing him? Mm -hmm. He prayed for them. Give them from they don't know what well, they see, do. he knew he had the long picture because he is, was, and will always be God's son. He had the long picture. He knew he was going home. Mm -hmm. He knew he was dying for an eternal reason and that it was just the death of his body, not... A, a eternal death so he was taking the pain for all of us but he still loved all of us even in that pain I'm sure he didn't enjoy it you don't in, you don't enjoy pain and didn't Steve do Stephen do the same thing when he was being stoned yes that's yes. proof there and he uses Stephen as an example in a lot of things. Because love, God's love, the whole point back to this is that God's love is a sacrificial love. It's not a comfortable love. It's a sacrificial love. Um, which is the type of love that a husband is supposed to have for a wife, by the way. Uh, the, the each, we're to love each other. John 13, 34. 
and husbands, doesn't say wives, husbands are to love your wives as Jesus loved the church. So that's a sacrificial love, Ephesians 5, 25. Uh, and we're, they're also told to love their wife as they love themselves. And haven't we all been out with a guy before that loved himself? Oh, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> Ephesians 5, 28. <laughs> okay. Now, put a big knot. What are we not to love? Sin. <laughs> We're not to love the world, the world and things of the world, which goes back to sin. First John 2.15. And I've got right here, and I, I didn't complete the thought, it says one another, so I guess we're not to love one another more than God, is what it amounts to. But you'll have to look that up. That's First John 4.7. You'll have to actually look that up to figure out what I was thinking there. You can put a question mark, because that was Idol like... Idolize. Yeah, we're not, we're not to put someone else in God's place. You're like, she's talking about putting a husband or a boyfriend, a best friend, a pastor, parent. a parent. We're not to put them in God's place. I've known people to put other people in God's place. Mm -hmm. That's true. Okay, now what does God love? On the other side, that's why you drew, let's draw a little line or you can flip it, whatever. However you want to do it. I need another piece of paper. Yeah, you know that one. I got my notebook. I'm doing it on both of them. <laughs> Okay, what or who does God love? Now, this one is actually shorter because I think there was more to the point with his. Okay, he loves Israel. Are you shocked? He loves Israel. Second uh, Chronicles 9.8. He loved them enough to establish them forever. Uh, they're his chosen people. What it tells you in this verse. So they're established forever because of his love. Uh, he loves righteousness and justice. Psalms 33, 5. So therefore, what you know, if you the flip side of that corn is who does he not love? He he doesn't he doesn't love unrighteousness or injustice. So um he loves those who love him. Doesn't say he loves those who are perfect. It says he loves those who love him. So if you truly love him, hey, you're okay. <laughs> Proverbs eight seventeen. That's why it's, that's another reason why it's so important to love him because he loves those that love him. Uh, he loved you, Israel with an everlasting love. It's told again, Jeremiah 31.3. He reiterates this about Israel several times in Scripture. He loved Israel as a child, it says in Hosea 11.1. 1. Now this makes sense, that if he loves them and they're his chosen people, he loves his adopted children. Okay, this is the correlation I'm drawing. That he loves, uh, and, and you don't have to write that part down, this is just the correlation in my head I was drawing, but, but whatever you need to write down. Okay, and he loved Israel as a child, so he loved us as a child. He loves them with an everlasting love, so therefore he loves his adopted children with an everlasting love. 
because he doesn't make a lot of, we're the adopted children, he doesn't make a lot of difference in us. He's not like a human parent. We're all the same. Yeah. Uh, now, he does say the more for, basically Luke 747 tells us the more forgiven you are, the more loved. So if you are one of those people who really, really had to come out of something awful, well, like Tara. Hey, Tara. Uh, you know, she tells me I would not even have liked who she was before when she was so addicted to alcohol and drugs and stuff. So, uh, mostly alcohol. But, but because of that, having to come through that and come out of it and change totally, then you're even more loved because you had a more difficult time getting to him. It doesn't mean that he doesn't love you if you didn't have to go through all that. I didn't have to go through all that. doesn't mean I'm less loved. That's not what I'm saying. But a lot of times people like that will feel like because they messed up so bad to begin with and they were so unworthy of love that God doesn't love them as much, that they're fighting for every little scrap of love. And that's not so. God loves them as much or more. So it, it's... Yeah, that's just it's to so. help them know that yeah. verse is there for, for, for them. them. Okay. Uh, God loved the world. Hey, he loved the world so much he gave us Jesus. Yes, right. Uh, John three sixteen. Okay. Uh, he loves a cheerful giver. Second Corinthians nine seven. He loves, oh, and this should get you. He loves those he rebukes and disciplines. You know, you know when you're really in danger with God, it's when he gives you up to your sin. When he rebukes and disciplines you because you're getting out. My, no. And that, uh, let's see, that's an R, so I guess that's Romans 3.19. See, this world tells us that discipline and being rebuked is a lack of love. Abuse. The Bible tells us the opposite. That's right. That a good parent rebukes, gets on to, and disciplines, which is consequences, punishment. Um, God loves you. He's going to get on to you sometimes. If he doesn't, then I'd be a little worried. Then I'd be a little worried about your relationship. Because, hey, you know, if you're perfect, great. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. Trent will tell you I'm not perfect. And so will Bree. <laughs> and probably Steve. I, it'll probably be in a sermon again somewhere. Um, I'm sorry that that went a little long, but see how it went from one to the and why that caught my eye now you may not get what i got out of it but look it up in your bible you know like i said for y'all to do a study on on uh that look at this thing on love like i did this time and see what god tells you about it because there's such a difference in god's love and the world's love and we all know it but it's just so striking when you study it it's just so striking how much love is talked about in the Bible. It's just so striking 
how plainly we're told what to love. Nowhere in there is there anything we're really supposed to put above God, is there? And nowhere in there does it even give us an excuse to think we're perfect. But he still loved us. So, um, we put conditions on ours. Yeah. yeah. And see, his is, well, uncon his is unconditional. Well, they did this to me, so... You know, and uh, I, I just want y'all to look at that. Maybe, like I said, maybe it won't strike y'all like it did me, but I was studying that last night, and G was running around me, and listening to Bluey, and uh, it just kind of bopped me upside the head, and I said, not only are we beloved children, but this is how we're supposed to show that love. This is it. This is what God's trying to tell me. There's such a difference, and the world doesn't understand real love anymore. So, yeah. We need to pray for those that are without His love. Okay. <laughs> so, does anybody have another word or anything they want to give? And I will let my people go. <laughs> I remember Steve told me and my word to my feet like my path. Start Steve. And I'm sorry, you missed part of it, so if you want that, you can have it. That's my notes. Because I've got my Bible with the things. But it just, uh, like I said, it may, that may have just been Greek to y'all or it may have not been important to y'all, but it hit me upside the head with how yes, different and uh, we know it but when we start studying God's word it really really just kind of makes things more obvious some things are so plain and we don't see them yeah, I find it amazing okay does does anybody else have anything we're going to pray we're going to let people go home <laughs> Dear God, thank you so much for this lesson on love. Help us to show your love. Help us to remember that we don't deserve your love either, but you love us anyway. And help us to remember that although we don't need to be in toxic relationships of any kind, um, even even with bosses and things, uh, that that you will lead us and guide us and show us the way you want us to go. And you will let us know when this is toxic and we need to get out, get another job, get a different friend. Dear God, it doesn't mean we can't pray for them. That does not mean that that is released. Um, thank you, Lord. Thank you for these guidelines. Thank you for your discipline. Thank you for your rebukes. Thank you for your loving kindness and your mercy. Because if you didn't love us, you, you wouldn't give us any of that. Thank you for Jesus. We ask all this in the Lord Jesus' name. And amen. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I, I can't help you. I'm just long-winded. <laughs> <laughs> um, back, back when I could 